Welcome to A Degree in Sports, your home for college football and college basketball. My name's Cole, and I'm here alongside my great mate, the horrible Buckeye, Jeff Tate. Jeff, I'm sure you're on top of the world. Congratulations on your Ohio State win. Congratulations to all of you listeners on an absolutely great day of college football. That's what we're here for. That's what we care about. So congratulations to us, the fans. Give yourselves a pat on the back right now. Yeah, the fact that this game was the nightcap and the last game that was our top ones, because we said we had six top 25 games on the slate this week, and Ohio State Notre Dame was the last one to finish. It was a perfect way to cap off. There's still games going on right now, but that was the perfect way to cap off our top 25 slate. We're going to get to all these games, but a lot of these games came down to final possessions to the end of the game. We obviously have Ohio State pulling away right at the end, last play of the game, winning the against Notre Dame, 17-14. to 14. Amazing football game, uh, a, a game that Ohio State could not have won last year with the defensive performance they got from their guys tonight. And it's a game that, Cole, I'm just excited to talk about, and we're going to get into we're going to have to start with this game. If you guys can hear my voice is is a little hoarse, a lot of yelling today. Um, this game was uh, very intense, and I, I yelled a lot. I was at home, but I definitely lost the voice a bit. So, Cole, I'm going to start. Let's just start it. with the, We're going to start with the Big Ten. We'll go, we'll go. The floor is yours. All right, perfect. Ohio State, 17, Notre Dame, 14. Uh, Vegas is so good at predicting lines. This was a three and a half point spread. Cole, credit to you on A plus picks of the week. Just sneaking out with a uh, win. Cole and I talked. We down weeks from both of us, two and three overall uh, this week. And both of our wins were by a half a point on the spread. I had Rutgers plus 24 and a half, lost by 24. And I had Wyoming minus two and a half. They won by three. Cole had Notre Dame. Plus three and a half, one by three. And then what was your other one called? Army, I think 16 and a half, lost by 16. 13 and a half, they lost, and they, and they lost by 13. Yeah. No, no, no. It was Army uh, 13 and a half, and they won by 13, or lost by 13. So it's it was a crazy week. We just, just squeaked by. Cole and I were talking before we got on the podcast, and we actually ended up winning a good bit of money this week on our picks, but the picks we brought to you guys weren't just didn't work out as well as we needed them to. But a big win for Ohio State. I mean, I talked about this earlier this week. This game meant a lot to Ohio State. I think from a playoff standpoint, it meant a little more to Notre Dame just because they're non-conference and they don't they don't play uh, a set schedule against like the Big Ten or the ACC. They do play a lot of ACC teams, but this is a game that at home Notre Dame has to win, and it's a game that Ohio State – if they were to lose, they could have ran the table in the Big Ten, which is going to be very hard to do. And so that's why a win like this, you get down to the year and maybe you finish second in the Big Ten and you have a game like this, a win over Notre Dame, that could be really big when the playoff committee looks at that. And it was just impressive because I mentioned at the beginning of this, I don't think this is a game Ohio State could have won last year. I just don't think the defense was what it was last year like it is this year. I know Cole made some comments earlier this week about an inexperienced secondary. This secondary is actually pretty experienced because a lot of those guys played on last year's team. Uh, our starting corner, safeties, both of those guys all were back, and they played outstanding tonight. 
14 points against Notre Dame. Sam Hartman is a heck of a quarterback. That's a very good football team. Like, they're ranked ninth in the country. I think they're going to finish the year ranked top 10. I just think they have that talent. But to see what Ohio State was able to put together, and I mean, it takes a lot to win that game and to come down with Kyle McCord and make the, th- I mean, the throw he made on third and 19 across the middle to the one yard line to Mecca Buka is like stuff you like tell your children about. Like that throw is the game. And the fact that he stepped in there, made the throw, Marvin Harrison was banged up. And I am going to be bad at this. I am not great at defensive names. I believe Benjamin Morrison is the corner that shadowed Marvin Harrison tonight. Unbelievable performance from him. Like he just shut down the best receiver in college football and made it really hard on him. I do think Marvin Harrison got banged up on that touchdown run from Mar- or from Travion Henderson, but I think Marvin Harrison and just seeing what Notre Dame was able to do is very impressive because that's going to happen. Like they're going to go play at Michigan last week of the year, and Will Johnson's going to guard Marvin Harrison. I don't know as much if Michigan keeps a corner on a guy and has him shadow, but Will Johnson's elite, and that's Marvin Harrison's going to have to get ready for that. But the beautiful thing about Ohio State football is a Mecca Buka because he, you can't have your second best guy playing one on one. Like it does not work. A Buka seven catches for 96 yards. And the X factor I said coming into the podcast, Cade Stover. Seven catches for 52 yards. He made some big plays. It's really funny. Uh, there's only a few people that can say what I was saying at the end of that game. But when it was second and one at the one yard, or third and one because they spiked it, I said they should run the football. And it's a gutsy call because it's just one of those things where you go down running the football is a pretty tough way to lose that game. But I was sitting there and I was just like, they have to run this football. They've been able to run the ball pretty well all night. You had 27 carries for 126 yards. I hated their fourth and one call with Agmeka Buka running in motion. That's just not the play earlier. Run it up the middle. This O-line actually was able to do pretty good. When you can run for almost five yards a carry against Notre Dame, I'm okay with that. So, Cole, I know I talked a lot. We're gonna. I'm not done talking because this game just meant so much to Ohio State, and I was excited. I mean, Kyle McCord wasn't great. He was not. Like, I'm not gonna come on this podcast and say Kyle McCord was outstanding. But Kyle McCord made throws that I don't know if I thought he could make four weeks ago, and they were big throws. And this team stepped up and won a huge game, and they get a bye week to get Marvin Harrison healthy. And then we get on to Big Ten play. So 4-0, 1-0 in the Big Ten. It's a big win for the Buckeyes. All right. I'm going to start with this. All the points you said, very fair. You're excited, and you should be. This this is the best part about being a fan of college football is nights like tonight and games like this. So congratulations to you. I'm starting this with my unbiased hat on. I'm going to be fully partial in my evaluation of this game. Ohio State's defense was absolutely elite they were great I do think that Notre Dame did more lose the game this than I wouldn't that Ohio State definitely went out and won it but I think Notre Dame made more mistakes in this game than Ohio State did and that's what came that that was a big deciding factor Notre Dame definitely was a team that made more mistakes whether it was missed field goals that dropped interception at the end of the game like that that was sealed the game so that was a huge 
plays that Notre Dame wasn't able to make. But that's part of football. You have to make the plays. If you can't make plays, you're not going to win games. That's part of the game. So Ohio State is not necessarily lucky to win this game because they played a great game. Their defense played very, very well. Good to them for that. Ryan Day in his postgame press interview, he was right. They did show toughness. but Yeah, shout out Lou Holtz for calling out Ryan Day saying they're a bunch of weak guys. I am by no means. He was not. He he did not hold Listen. back. That was nuts. I was like, wow. I have an opinion on that, but I'm going to wait until I take my, unbi- my bi- unbiased hat off, and then I'll tell you my opinion, the rest of my opinion on that. But he was correct in the sense that uh, they showed a lot of toughness tonight. They played a good game. Uh, Cade Stover, he made a, he was a mismatch problem, especially in the first half, and he, he played great. Emeka Buka is the, I would say, MVP tonight, uh, the way that he stepped up and took over while Marvin Harrison was playing banged up but also had an elite defender on him and when he had all the attention. Like Buka stepped up, Kyle McCord. The big thing he didn't do, which I, I said this on uh, Wednesday when we recorded, that he just can't throw interceptions, and he didn't do that tonight. The big thing for him, he missed a few throws. He just can't throw interceptions. If he throws interceptions, he can, then Notre Dame was going to win this game. So he did – that he did what he was supposed to do from that point of view. That's my evaluation. Good for Ohio State. Now let's take the unbiased hat out off. And I cannot wait till Michigan absolutely runs through and destroys Ohio State. Tonight I was reminded about how much I absolutely hate that program. Ryan Day, before he even started that interview, it wasn't some emotional interview. He lit it was premeditated. He got caught on the hot mic. I don't know how many people caught it. He said, Hey, you're going to want to listen to this one. To one of his coaches, whether it was Heartline, someone was next to him walking with him. He, it wasn't like she asked a question and triggered him. He was ready for that interview. It was premeditated. He is soft. He literally said, we have one bad half. Buddy's lost to Michigan the last two years. Yeah, go ahead. Beat Notre Dame all you want. Ohio State, I'm more confident and more fired up for Michigan to beat them again. And all I'm saying is it's a great, great thing that they won tonight because they're going to need this win when they're not in the Big Ten championship again this year because they lost to Michigan and they finished second in the Big Ten again. So they're going to need this win to get them back in the playoffs as a four seed. So good for them because they needed that because they're definitely we're going to have at least one loss, one more loss in their schedule. So good for them. I am reinvigorated after tonight with my hatred for Ohio State and good for them. I don't know about the more confident thing. I get you getting fired up, but that game can't make you more confident of beating Ohio State as a Michigan fan. I mean, I get the, I get the that you hate Ohio State. Totally fair, but I, you can't say more confident because that Michigan, I don't think wins that game this week. If Michigan goes and plays at Notre Dame, I don't think they win the game because they have not. I don't know, just don't think they've. Looked. I think, I think we catch the interception Ohio State throws. I think the the ball Kyle McCord. Yeah, I mean, I mean, we can't even decide that. That's a whole new game. That's a whole different game. I'm not comparing. I just know that in the late November, the Saturday after Thanksgiving. I am. I'm. I'm gonna say I'm more confident because I. I know that I'm not worried about Kyle McCord going on the road. He'll. He'll play a very average game. He will. He'll be average, and I'm fine with having an average quarterback coming to Michigan in late November. Yeah, I mean, shoot, we're gonna get to the Big Ten here, but you guys got. You guys are gonna have to go to Penn State and win before you even get to that game. And Big Ten's gonna be tough, Cole. I. I definitely think the Big Ten's gonna be tough. But hey, Ryan Day, he's taking this personal. It's. I mean. He's got a lot of crap. People are a lot of people are against Ryan Day, and Ryan Day won that game. And people said he couldn't do it. His teams couldn't play a 
traditional Big Ten football game, but they did it and they won. But we could talk about this game for 45 minutes. We really could. Like, truly think we could. I, I don't think – I think Ryan Day can be – I think he's fine with beating Notre Dame and beating other people. I just think his pro, he has a Michigan problem. That's his problem. He doesn't have – I think he has a winning record against Michigan, but – I think he's – I thought he was, what, 2-2? Two and two? I thought he was 3-2, well, and two, but – I don't know about that. He definitely doesn't have a losing record, but – well, we're gonna we're gonna move on because we could. I know you and I can talk a long time about this. I was expecting that you gave some respect to the defense, but you didn't give me as much respect as I would give you if you won a big top five or top ten road game. But well, that's that's our rivalry and that's our friendship, so we're a little different on that. But I want to get into we're gonna start in the Big Ten because we just talked about Ohio State, Notre Dame. I'm just gonna run down like Cole and I do every uh, Saturday night. Akron, Indiana. Indiana squeaks away with a two-point win. Um, I don't have much to say about this game. There's Indiana is Indiana. Like they're, I don't think they're anything special. This game just ended. It, this game just ended. Was it four overtimes? I think four overtimes. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I mean, Indiana. Akron is not a good team. So we can we can go ahead and write Indiana off for good because they they were showing a little signs of life because of the Ohio State game. But I think we're good to not talk about them the rest of the year and just write them off. Agreed. We'll move on. Uh, we're going to go to Michigan. 31-7 win. Michigan dominated from the first possession after Rutgers scored. Touchdown, which was the one that I needed to cover. So I am not I'm not going to be too upset about that. Good performance in the defense. They were absolutely outstanding like they've been uh, most of the season. I would say nothing special from, I mean, J.J. was, I think J.J. was good. I watched the first half. He made a really good back shoulder throw for the touchdown. I thought that was a elite throw from JJ, and it seems like they got Corum going a little bit more. I just I'm interested. Rutgers is good. I think Rutgers has a pretty good defense, so I was impressed by that. It's weird that Blake Corum's only getting four yards a carry, just over four yards a carry, because I think that old line is really good. They just they ran for 200 yards, so I'm not I can't say anything. JJ made up a lot of that with his big scramble plays, but I think that's a good element, Cole, that they're showing is JJ's running ability. Yeah, they they there's definitely a lot of room for them to take next steps, but it's very obvious room. JJ did look a little bit more, a little less comfortable. I think after throwing three interceptions last, last week, he wasn't as aggressive, but he still played aggressive. He played fine. Donovan Edwards finally was getting downhill a little better, so that was very encouraging to see and JJ they actually had designed runs for him where he made a lot of good uh choices on reads where I think every time he made a choice on uh, his own keeper on designed runs for him he got at least 10 to 11 yards each time um so that was good I think Rutgers exposed a piece of Michigan a little bit obviously this is nitpicky because Michigan killed him still but they exposed a little bit of them with all the pressure they bring I think JJ needs to become more decisive on when there's pressure and there's no spy on him where he, he just needs to take off and take because they're in man coverage. They're staying with the receivers. JJ needs to learn to just take off because they're not, they don't have a spy on him. They're bringing all the pressure. He can just run out and get it a quick, easy 10 yards and take what the defense gives him instead of just constantly waiting and looking downfield. He can get, they can improve in their area. The defense was elite, just constantly stopping them. They had a good pick six. And yeah, it was, it was a fine game. Nothing to write home about, but they're just going to keep coasting through. It was Rick. It was really, really nice to see Harbaugh back on the sideline. There was definitely more of a confidence just being able to have your your leader, your head coach there. And yeah, all, that's that's all I got to say about that game. But I mean, you know, it was what we what it was and what we expected. And 
we're going to learn and move on. A team that I think we are wrong on uh, after a few weeks, and I just don't think Iowa has it. They, I do think Iowa got losing Luke Lachey is a huge loss because I know Eric All is the tight end that came over with Cade from Michigan, but Luke Lachey was the best target there. Uh, he was going to be the next Iowa great tight end that gets drafted high, and they got just destroyed on the road. 31-0, whiteout Penn State. This was a game where 56 passing yards for Iowa, 20 rushing yards, under 100 yards of total offense, four fumbles. You just, I mean, you're not going to win a game doing any of that. And then 31 points put up from Penn State. They were able to run at will over 215 rushing yards. Ironically, they ran 57 times. They just if you just look at this box score, 23 or 33 plays from Iowa, and you have 97 plays from Penn State. So anybody that's at watch or listening to those stats, you would know that Penn State dominated, and it was a big win. Like Penn State, I do think looks pretty good. And I don't think we'll really know how good they are until they play Michigan or Ohio State. So we got a little bit for that. But a big win for Penn State, regardless of if Cole and I both think Iowa, maybe our pick on them wasn't as great. Big win. You got to give them credit for that. Yeah, I mean, I learned we should have been smarter with this, honestly. I like to fail very quickly because a lot of the preseason talk is just that preseason we don't know until they actually get on the field and I like to adjust my opinion based on how I see them actually performing and I hand up did not do a good job with Iowa this year they beat Utah State only by 10 points in the first game only beat Iowa State by seven in their second game a bad Iowa State team beat Western Michigan they we should have known that they weren't that good of a team that their offense wasn't moving at all still this year they they're they're not a good team. They're not winning the West. I'm pretty. I can confidently say that right now. Um, and I I'm just I'm off on Iowa. I'm I'm happy to just call them dead for the year as well. They're they're done. Penn State. I I think Penn State's good. I really do. Um, I think they're a really good team. I think anytime you beat a team like this, 31-0, you're a good team. Um, but because of how bad I'm I'm thinking Iowa is, I don't want to fully crown Penn State yet. But I do think obviously. This was very confidence-inspiring for Penn State, but I think Iowa is a fraud program. The one thing I want to say about Cade is he is not that good. at Michigan. If you watch him at Michigan, he the only thing he did was make safe throws once in a while. I mean, it's crazy how good you can look when you have Hassan Haskins and Blake Corum just running for six yards of carry and you're hiding behind the best offensive line in the country. So Cade's not that good. He was a he was a highly touted uh, transfer, but he's not that good. And I am completely fine with writing Iowa off as done for the rest of the year. And great win for Penn State. Good job. They just keep passing every test. Drew Alley keeps passing the tests that are in front of him. So good for them. If you're a Penn State fan, you should be happy. And your your ceiling is incredibly high this year. Yeah, that Big Ten West is a is a mess right now. Like I know Wisconsin's probably the favorite, but. Even they have some things that are kind of interesting, I think, when we get into deep into Big Ten play. But another team in the Big Ten West, Illinois, squeaks out with a win against Florida Atlantic. Luke Altmeyer did bounce back in this game over 300 passing yards, a touchdown. Looks like he's the guy, so they eked that one out. Uh, Michigan State, Maryland, I was at the game. It just It's just not going to be Michigan State's year. Like They're going to win three or four games this year, and if they even get to three or four, I'd be kind of surprised. It's just... 
a lot of stuff going on, unfortunately. But Maryland, I will give Maryland some credit. I think Talia and that offense is going to be – they're going to give some teams at the top of the Big Ten some tough games. So I think that one – just unfortunate. Not good for the Spartans. Nebraska, 28-14, Louisiana Tech. Uh, Nebraska's now won two in a row. Nothing special here. And then you got a big game that just ended. Yeah, we have two left in the Big Ten, but Northwestern, Minnesota. Northwestern won in overtime against Minnesota. That is, I thought Minnesota or Northwestern was by far the worst team in the Big Ten. And this was a game that Northwestern scored 21 points in the fourth quarter and were down uh, obviously 21 in the fourth quarter and came back and won this game. That is not a good look for P.J. Flat Cole. Yeah, I was, uh, I was out at a sports bar tonight, and I was watching kind of had, you know, as every single game on, obviously pay, paying the close attention to the big one in Notre Dame, Ohio State, but Minnesota Northwestern's on. I see it. Just keep kind of glancing over at it. It is 31 to 10 in the third quarter. I'm like, yeah, this game, whatever, it's done. But I kept kind of had it in the side view mirror the whole time. And what a comeback. What a gutsy, gutsy comeback from Northwestern. Just a program that has dealt with so much in this offseason, losing their leader, their all the controversy. Pat Fitzgerald gone. Um, just it's it's good to see because obviously the casualty always in all of the scandals is the college athlete who just wants to fulfill their college career and, and just play and enjoy that. That's always the casualty in every scandal. So it's good to see those kids just be able to go out there and have a night where nothing else matters. None of, none, none of the other stuff matters. And they just get to celebrate a huge comeback, a huge win. And they get this good memory, especially for the seniors that team on that team. They get a great memory uh, in, their, in their season that otherwise is tainted by a lot of other unfortunate um, situation. So good for them. Happy for Northwestern and yeah, Minnesota. I don't think it's that good either, but yeah, but good, very good for Northwestern. I'm happy for them and I'm happy for their players. So the other big 10 game that happened, this was Friday night, Wisconsin goes in and just destroys Purdue. Interesting note here for people, Ches Malusi, the other really good running back with Braylon Allen on Wisconsin suffered a pretty bad injury and if I had to guess, I don't know if they've announced, but he's probably going to be out for the year, and that's a big loss for them. I don't think they can throw the football enough to compete with, like, they play Ohio State in the conference, um, switch, like, going over to play the other side, and probably is going to be the team that represents the Big Ten West, and I just don't think they're going to be able to do it in year one with Luke Fickle. But that's what I got for the, the Big Ten this week, Cole. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to keep an eye on that West, I don't know who's going to win it, but obviously Wisconsin is the favorite. All right, let's move on to the ACC. And the big one, we're going to start with the big one of the day. I watched this one very closely. I thought this was going to be the second best game of the slate, actually, because this is Clemson's Super Bowl, their biggest game, um, and it delivered. Uh, overtime win for Florida State, 31-24. Clemson, they had a lot of fight in them. That that. That program is not dead. While they're not going to make the playoffs this year, most likely with two losses already, they could still make it to the ACC championship, but I don't see it, especially with Duke playing as well as they are in Clemson or in, in North Carolina as well. I don't necessarily see Clemson making it, but this program does, I would say, still have a lot of life in them. I don't think they're you can fully count them as dead yet, 
but they 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 definitely gained some respect in spite of the loss. But also good for Florida State. We were talking about them in preseason, at least I was that. There's a very real possibility that after week four that they're two and two playing LSU and going to Clemson. And they have just passed every test. They had a tough week last week, but they went into Death Valley, a hostile environment, had to overcome, had to come back. Clemson's defense was flying around and they just kept delivering. Jordan Travis made big throws when he had to. Keon Coleman came up with a big catch there at the end. Um, just a great route by him. It wasn't necessarily a great catch. It was a great route. The way he sat on it and then cut in. I don't know if you saw it, Jeff, but it was an unreal uh, route by him. And really good also uh, for Mike Norvell to really in a game where this is where you're playing a coach who has been there before and you not necessarily have in the big moments like this and you outcoached him and you were able to come back and win this game. So good for Florida State. Their two toughest tests of the year are behind them. They've passed them all, um, and they just need to make sure they stay locked in. And, yeah, it was it was just a great, great game, super fun to watch, pure college football, and I enjoyed it. Yeah, in my opinion, this can basically lock Florida State into the ACC championship because I just think this was – a win they have to have. And it was a weird game. I only got to see the first half of this game, and then I was on the way to Michigan State. And they were down 10 nothing at the beginning of the second quarter, and they just competed. Jordan Travis was clearly banged up, had the shoulder problem, had the cut on his hand, and he just played through it. And they made some big-time plays. And this was one I actually got to see. I couldn't get the game on my phone in terms of like the video, but I saw – the game cast and when they scored I was like wow that was a that was a big play for them because I think it was what 24 yarder was the Keon Coleman touchdown so it was Keon Coleman is their guy like Johnny Wilson is also really good but I think Keon's their better receiver and that was a big win for Florida State one they need to have and I think I'm with you Cole I I can't say Clemson's dead but it's gonna be tough for them to make that ACC championship with how the ACC looks a little bit better than maybe we anticipated. Right, yeah. And I think uh, if Clemson is able to dip into the portal or develop a wide receiver in this offseason, I think next year they still – I wouldn't call them dead because I think next year they still have a chance to still take that next step and, and kind of come back and prove themselves with the talent on that roster. But, all right, moving on. North Carolina, Pittsburgh. This was the game that just got over as well. And, yeah, Drake, Drake May just continues to – it seems like he finds a new receiver – every single night that he likes. Uh, North Carolina wins 41-24 at Pittsburgh. Just a good win. Drake May has taken a few more shots than I want. He's, he's getting hit a little too much, but he's b- playing solid. 296, one touchdown. Um, they're running the ball actually really well this year, and they just keep you know going through, this, through their schedule well. And the North Carolinas of the past would drop – a game like this one or the game like the Appalachian state game. And, and they, they're just finding a way they're, they're at least winning these games. They're not, they're beating who they should beat, And that is a very good sign for North Carolina because they don't always do that. Obviously it's only week four, but right now it's looking good. Next one, Duke uh, just absolutely throttled UConn 41, seven. They still look good. And as they roll into conference play, sorry, next week, they are fully, in place to get to the ACC championship. Everything's in front of them, just like North Carolina. And I think it's those two teams battling to see who gets the opportunity to play Florida State. Miami kills Temple. Obviously, you can't forget about this team also. Miami is playing well. I Hand up, I forgot about them because they're going to be right there fighting the whole season to make it up and into the ACC championship. They look absolutely unstoppable. Their offense looks really good. And, yeah, they continue 
to uh, I didn't think they were going to take the next step this year. I really didn't know what to think of them, but they are proving me wrong. They are having a great season. Mario Cristobal is doing the job that he promised. Um, their defense is looking good. That's something not a lot of people are talking about. Their defense is looking really good, which is his area of expertise. And yeah, they good good for them. And, and they haven't even gotten started yet. Think, like they still have the recruiting classes coming in that they're getting in there. I'm I'm Miami is rolling. Yeah, Miami's they are. I got them over seven and a half, so they're halfway there, Cole. So I'm happy. Yeah, T- Temple's not a bad team either. So a big win for them. ACC is not looking bad. They're look, looking better than they have in years past. Army, Syracuse, my pick of the week. Army covers, loses 16 29. Syracuse improves to 4 0. Classic Syracuse being undefeated. Probably going to finish the year 500. This is just the Syracuse that we know and love of the past 10 years. Virginia Tech loses to Marshall. Marshall's not a bad team by any means, uh, four group of five, but, I mean, Virginia Tech's bad. They went to Marshall, lost 17-24. Marshall is just going to basically just keep doing their thing and winning a lot of football games. They are in the conference, uh, the conversation to be one of the best group of five teams, and uh, that head coach, I can't remember his name off the top of my head, but he is going to be in the name for a lot of head coaching job in Power Five and the Power Five, and I wouldn't be surprised if Michigan State at least had an interview with them. What do you think about that? Yeah, no, he was one that I looked on a short list, and he had a good resume, young guy too, so I think that's kind of the demographic they should look for. Yeah, Louisville absolutely throttles Boston College 56-28, so Boston College decided to go nuts last week and, and go back to being who they were this week. Georgia Tech beats Wake Forest 30 to 16. I like you guys know I love Wake Forest. I bet on Georgia Tech. I've been high on them all year. I think they're a lot better than people think. They had a lot of opportunity to beat Ole Miss last week. They've really stepped up this year. I'm very impressed with them considering what they were last year. Good for them. They they get a big win at Wake Forest. And I, I really think they are not an easy opponent if you're the rest of the ACC looking at them. You can't look at Georgia Tech this year and say, we can sleepwalk through it. They're definitely not going to be favored in a lot of games, but you can't sleepwalk through them this year. All right, we are moving on to the Big 12. We're going to start right with the one uh, that was tonight. Texas runs through Baylor at Baylor. Texas is really just – they just keep rolling – Pass from flying colors. They're just going to stay under the radar for the next few, like for, especially for this week with all the other good games. But they look great. It's Even though Baylor's not who they've been in the past, it's still a tough to go on the road, a sleepy game for them, and just run through them no problem. So Texas keeps going. Oklahoma at Cincinnati. Oklahoma continues. They're like the Miami of the Big 12. They just continue to outperform what they did the year before. Their offense is also stepping up. Both of these teams have quarterbacks who are taking the next step this year dylan gabriel 322 yards one touchdown oklahoma they, they won 26 but that's okay you like to see oklahoma winning a game with their defense because that's what venables came in to do to make their defense better and they had a horrific defense last year so good for oklahoma to, that they can come in get this win and a more of a defensive game i think some people are like oh wow is that so close to me, if I'm an Oklahoma fan, I'm encouraged by that, knowing that it was the defense that is also stepping up. I think it's going to be Oklahoma-Texas for the Big 12. I know they play each other, but this is a conference that the top two teams play each other in the conference championship, and I think these are you're going to see these two teams play in a few weeks in the Red River rivalry, and then you're going to see them play in, Dallas, or in uh, Fort Worth at the uh, AT&T Stadium for the Big 12 championship. And 
Andrew Anthony, Michigan transfer. He has almost 400 yards receiving. He's Dylan Gabriel's go-to, and they are they are clicking. So 4-0 Oklahoma. I uh, I also like I have their over nine and a half. I think. I think their only loss is going to be to Texas in this conference in the regular season, and they can still slip up and lose another one, and I still get that over. So I like that one right now. Yeah, I agree. And then Andrew Anthony has been a huge piece for them, um, and I like to see him go to a place where it just wasn't working out. And this is the perfect scenario of a transfer when a change of scenery just might help. This, we see it a lot, and good for him. Happy to see him doing well. But give you the old Lee Corso, not so fast. It's not, it's not just Oklahoma and Texas. Watch out for Kansas. Kansas wins at BY, uh, at home against BYU, 38-27. Kansas is, is a sneaky, sneaky good team. Uh, I'm still pretty high on them. They are 4-0. Um, they, can, they can cause some havoc in the Big 12. And who, who would have thought uh, two, three years ago we were going to be talking about Kansas challenging Oklahoma and Texas uh, in the Big 12? And, and obviously that's a pretty bold proclamation for me. It is Oklahoma and Texas is to lose for the championship um, but I mean, Kansas doesn't look bad. That's not a bad BYU team and winning uh 38, 27 is a very big win for them. And, and that's great. Yeah. I just wanted to quickly say battle of uh sunny dykes here. This was his former team at SMU and won a big game over them. This is the future ACC team SMU. I got, I guess. Yeah, that'd be an absolutely, uh, amazing hire for Michigan state. I think he's done. He's doing a fantastic job there. TCU beats SMU 34, 17. This was one of my Bets that I wish I had told you guys to take that I took on my own. Um, and with TCU, I think a lot of people tried to write them off after the Colorado game. I still don't think they're a bad team. They, they might not be as good as they were last year, but that doesn't mean they're a bad team. They can still go in, put some points up, and win some games. I mean, yeah, they're just going to keep rolling. Texas Tech at West Virginia. Neil Brown just continues to say, uh-uh, you're not firing me this year. Good for him. He's on. I think this is this is – 2023 is the season, the Neil Brown revenge tour. Everyone was writing him off saying he was going to be the first guy fired this year, and he just continues to get the job done. And boy, oh boy, is Texas Tech just absolutely underperforming what I thought they would do and what a lot of people thought they would do. And yeah, it's, I mean, good for West Virginia, but Texas Tech, you're dead for the year at least. Yeah, we were both wrong on Texas Tech. Tough year. Two other poverty programs here in the Big 12 is Oklahoma State at Iowa State. Garrett, I promise I didn't watch this game. With a slate like today, I'm not watching. I'm not going to I'm not gonna do that to myself. Usually, I mean, I, I'll watch any college football game if it's on, but if there's other better games, I'll do that because this was a bad one. A lot of points, though. 34-27 Iowa State. Congratulations on getting two wins, but this is a game that literally means nothing in the college football landscape. Sam Houston at Houston. The battle of the Houstons. Houston wins 38-7. And then the last one, US, UCF at Kansas State. Um, it's tough with UCF not having John Reese Plumley. I would have. Uh, I do think he's worth at least 13 points. Probably, uh, it's it's a game I think I'd be more interested in. But also, Kansas State had a had a tough loss last year. I wouldn't write them off quite yet. Yeah, uh, they're one and zero in the Big 12, and that's all I can ask for. They're a team that still this is the reigning Big 12 champion. They could also challenge for the top of the Big 12. Yeah, bounce back from a tough loss last week on the. I think 61-yard field goal at Mizzou, so big win for Kansas State. So, Cole, let's go to the SEC, and our first game I want to talk about, Georgia-UAB. Georgia wins 49-21. Interesting, Georgia gives up 14 points in the first half to UAB. I just think there's something off there with Georgia, but I don't know if they're going to get tested enough for us to see 
them lose. Uh, I know they play Tennessee, but that game looks a little shaky versus what it used to. But they do play Ole Miss, and I think Ole Miss could put some points up on them, to be honest. Yeah, this Georgia has literally done the same exact – they played the same game all four weeks. They were like, why are you so close in the first half? And it's kind of what's going on. And then they just pull away. And then people who didn't watch the games or follow it just say, oh, Georgia won 49-21. They did what they were supposed to. But there is a little something fishy about the way Georgia keeps going about these first four games. It's one of those things that, unfortunately, in the SEC East, I just don't think they're going to be tested um, in terms of, like, losing one game or maybe two games. I just think that they're already booked their ticket to Atlanta for that SEC championship. But hopefully I'm wrong. So another team in the SEC West this time. Arkansas, LSU, this was a really good game. Didn't watch too much of this, um, but it came down to the end. But LSU got a much-needed win. These are games you're going to have. I don't think Arkansas is bad by any means. Coming off a tough loss to BYU, it was a big win for LSU. I know it's a close game, but those are ones you just got to have, Cole. Yeah, I'm not not super worried about LSU. Arkansas, this is kind of their season right now, their first SEC game. Uh, they have two bad losses already, and so I think they were like, let's start the SEC hot. We'll give them our best shot. I expect to see Arkansas go downhill after this, but I don't read into this game at all, and the only thing I read in is a little bit of toughness for LSU to stay with it and, and win this game. So the next game, one of our fans commented in the uh, poll that uh, Cole posted about what game are you looking forward to the most, and someone said, the, I can't miss the game that Alabama dies. And uh, I think he's wrong on that because Alabama uh, won today by two scores against Ole Miss at home. Not going to look too much into this and say it was the game that Alabama came back and cemented themselves in the SEC West. Not doing that at all. But I think this game shows how they're going to have to win football games. And that is with great defense and just playing average offense. I think that's how they're going to win games in the SEC West. So not the death of Alabama quite yet, Cole. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't think this game was going to kill them for the fact, for the very same reason that I don't like Alabama. I also don't like Ole Miss. I don't think Ole Miss is that good of a team. I think they are overrated. And if you if you watch their games earlier in the year, uh, their past three games, you would know that they aren't as good as their, rec- their, their ranking says they are. Um, I think a lot of people are kind of trying to keep the ACC, uh, the SEC kind of engaging. But, I mean, like I said, I watched that Georgia Tech-Ole Miss game last week, and Georgia Tech should have been neck and neck with them the whole game if they just literally couldn't score any points when they were within the 15-yard line. So, yeah, I, I, this, is, this told me nothing. I'm still on the same train of Alabama has no shot this year and they're dead, and I'm not hopping off that. This game did nothing for me because I thought Alabama would win this game. So I still think they're dead. Alabama's going to lose at least one or two more games. Not worried about it. But this game, I never thought they would lose this one. So moving on, Tennessee uh, beats, destroys UTSA. I thought UTSA would be a lot better this year, but just has not put in it. They have just not put it together. Big win for Tennessee to have up 31-0 at halftime. That's always good. Charlotte uh, loses 7-22 to Florida. Really low-scoring game, which is really odd to me, Cole. Yeah, if you... There was I didn't even watch this game, but everyone who is listening to this right now, we all love really cool catches. Just look up the catch. I don't even know how to say his name. Ricky uh, Pearsall. Unreal one-handed catch over the middle of the field. Just look that up. That's the only thing that even matters uh, from the SEC today is that catch. So go look that up. Texas A&M, big win. One they needed at home against Auburn. 
Texas A&M's obviously kind of struggling this year, but you can't lose a home game and unless you're playing one of the top teams in the big or in the SEC. So 27-10, big win in my opinion against Auburn at home, Cole. Yeah, big win, but at what cost? Connor Wegman exits the game in the first or first second half and way to bounce back and through adversity still get this dub. And uh, I don't even know this guy's first name, but Johnson had two touchdowns as he came in for uh, Wegman, and and they they still won this game through that adversity. But they, if they want to continue to challenge, because I do think they have a, still a chance to win the SEC West. They still have a chance to win the West, but it is going to be hard without Wegman, and they need to have him back. So I will have to wait and see what comes out on that injury, but good for them to still push through that yeah and max johnson the guy who came in for wiggum he has played in a lot of games so luckily they have a little bit of experience but i agree with cole they need wiggum to actually compete probably in the sec west kentucky big win at, at vanderbilt that's just a win you have to win if you're kentucky if you want to compete in the sec east you got to beat vanderbilt memphis missouri this was a game played in st louis a little neutral site game big win for missouri they're four and oh this is a big rivalry and it's a win that Brady Cook looked great in. And they have they have a great wide receiver in Luther Burden that a lot of people need to keep an eye on. Uh, Ten catches for 177 yards. He's, he's elite, and he is taking over football games. And then the last game we got in the SEC was another. This was an SEC battle between South Carolina and Mississippi State. Will Rogers throws for almost 500 yards for Mississippi State back to the old uh, Mississippi State air raid and they lose to South Carolina at South Carolina by a touchdown. And uh, any thoughts on that one, Cole? Um, no, it's, they're, they're, these are two very teams in very similar positions right now. Of uh, slightly, I'd say they're performing exactly what they're supposed to do this year. So it was a big win to see which team was at a higher tier in that sense. So good win for South Carolina. Like I said, I am off on. Mississippi State, I said this last week, Zach Arnett, not the guy. Move away from him. Get that disgrace to Mike Leach off my screen. Good for South Carolina, and that's a, that's a, neat, a win they needed to at least remain in the top of the, of the SEC and not the bottom half of the SEC. Yeah, Spencer Rattler, 18 of 20 tonight for 288 yards and three touchdowns. That's a pretty dang efficient night, so good performance from Rattler, Cole. So let's let's end it with our Pac-12. Yep, Pac-12 Cole coming in hot as he does every single week. So we're going to start out with the games that are happening right now. They are both at halftime. Washington is absolutely taking it to California right now. This, if you just want to feast your eyes on a beautiful offense, watch Washington. Michael Penix just throws, they just throw it deep every play. Those receivers are so good. Um, at halftime, Washington's up 45 to 12. Odunze already has 112 yards and one touchdown, but that's only with four catches. That's a beautiful thing. So. Washington is just a, such a fun team to watch. And, Jeff, you got to watch that beauty last week. Yeah, they're good. That's all I got to say. <laughs> and uh, the the game that is is I might just head down the road and watch this right now, right in my backyard, USC at Arizona State. A little closer than we thought it would be, 21-13 at halftime. USC is going to be fine. Drew Pine starting at quarterback for Arizona State tonight, but still a bad Arizona State team, and USC will be just fine. 
The big one of the day, well, there's actually a few big ones, but first one is Colorado at Oregon. And boy, did Dan Lanning have a bone to pick with Colorado for no reason. He did not like all the attention he got. He was telling his team that this game isn't being played to Hollywood. It's going to be played on the played on the grass. And he had that team so ready to go. Jeff, you were absolutely right that Oregon was just going to be the team that was just going to walk all over Colorado and be able to handle that moment, handle all that TV and all that talk. And man, they looked good. Bo Nix, in my opinion, just stays right in that Heisman conversation. 276, three touchdowns. And this game was never close. Colorado could not do anything um, on offense. And Oregon did whatever they wanted on offense. They definitely eased up in the second half. But they did whatever they wanted to them. And it was a beautiful thing. Listen, I'm not by any means a Colorado hater. I am not a Dion hater. I love what he's doing there. I like that he's doing well. I love Travis Hunter. I like Shadur. There's, I, I, I like them. What I don't like are all the casuals who come in who know nothing about college football and are giving Colorado their flowers, giving them their crown, giving them their attention before they've earned it. So I like that they lost today. I'm not, I'm not necessarily happy that, that Dion lost and Colorado lost. I'm, I, I don't have a problem with them. I like that all those casuals lost today and that they can shut up and get in and just kind of step away and just enjoy the sport for a little bit. Yeah, like some of our friends in our one fantasy football group chat are like, plus 21 is an easy lock for Colorado. And it's like, do you know anything about football? Because there is nothing that this game, I think this was, I should have put picked this for the picks of the week. I had a lot, I had good, I won a lot of money on this game because I took Oregon and the points because Colorado had no right covering this game. Like they just didn't, they were down 35, nothing at half. I watched none of this game, but it's what Dan Lanning said. He said, we're not going for clicks. We're going for titles. And that, if there's not a better way to sum up what just happened, I think that statement is because Colorado, they have a lot of things off the field where they're, they're just trying to get just hype around their program. And it's a smart way to do it. If you're at Colorado where there's no, like, there's no reason that really people are engaged in that program, but they're doing it the right way in terms of getting people to want to pay attention because they are getting so much national media and thank you, Dan Lanning. It needed to happen. And it was either going to be you or it was going to be uh, Lincoln Riley in seven days. So thank you. Right. It's they're a great story that I love to have on my TV, but I also don't want it dominated with every single segment I see everywhere. So good. That's a good story. But let's calm it down a little bit and thank you, Dan Lanning. Let's and from all of us in the college football world, let's collectively say thank you, Dan Lanning. Moving on, UCLA at Utah. This has Utah has played I think every single game the exact same way this year. They were up 14-0 for what felt like the whole game, and they're deep. They 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 get up on you early, and their defense just holds them. And that's just the way that they have to win games um, with without Cam Rising right now. And if they if Cam Rising can come back, and I, he's he's definitely really close to being able to come back. If he can come back and be even nine even seventy five percent of what he was last year, man, can this team really have a good shot at winning the tough tough Pac twelve and making the playoff this year? Because that this defense is absolutely elite, and all they need is a quarterback that can move the chains a little bit and get this offense rolling. But yeah, Utah looks great, and, and UCLA, they're not a bad team at all. I still think they, they have a lot in front of them. They're going to have a solid season, but 
Utah is their defense the story of their year so far. Yeah, you give up nine rushing yards in a game, you're going to win the game. And it was impressive from Utah. And they go at Oregon State next week. I think you see, you'll see Cam rising in that game, Cole. And, and there's a big difference between giving up nine yards rushing to a team like Iowa and nine yards rushing to a team that has a Chip Kelly run UCLA, a Chip Kelly who knows how to run the ball. There is a big difference uh, in that. And so holding a team like UCLA to nine yards rushing is something that definitely needs to get a lot of attention. Like that, they deserve a lot of credit for that. Oregon State at Washington State. And Washington State wins this one at home, 38-35. Wazoo is on fire right now. Pullman is lighting it up. They are better. They, they officially deserve the recognition. I was kind of just on the wait and see train for them. I wasn't necessarily disrespecting them, but I was on the wait and see. And man, are they looking good. They definitely tried to give up the game at the end, which what I'm learning from friends who have attended that school and been fans of that school, they call that cooging it. And they tend to do that often, but, and they, I guess they, they really tried to give it up tonight because they were, they, they had this game in full dominance. This game was not as close as the final score said of 38 to 35, but yeah, I'm surprised that Oregon's defense, Oregon state's defense didn't hold Washington state to as much. Cameron Ward is an elite quarterback. We want to talk about elite quarterbacks and uh, the PAC 12. He, this guy just continues to have good weeks, 404 yards for four touchdowns against not a bad defense uh, in the Beavers of Oregon state. So that's this is a huge win for Washington State. I think we can really just give them our full respect and start to really take this team seriously. Yeah, bad read on this game. I did not think this is how this game was going to go at all. Obviously, I picked Oregon State on the podcast, and I just thought Oregon State would come in with a chip on their shoulder because they were they thought they should be one of those top teams in the Pac-12. But you can't you can't do that and lose games. So. I, uh, sorry for that guys. Yeah. I think, I think Washington state had the same thought and I think they believed it a little more. I think Washington state wants to be one of those top teams and they want to be in it and they've done nothing but prove their point that they deserve to be in that conversation as well. Um, so the last one, I'm not feeling quite as good about Arizona anymore. They win at Stanford, a bad Stanford team, really bad Stanford team, 21 to 20. So a win's a win on the road but I'm not feeling as confident about their win total. And I don't think they're, I'm officially preseason. I said, Arizona would be the sleeper surprise team of the PAC 12. And I think we can officially give that award to Washington state, but Arizona state wins 21 20 and, and they move on. And, and I still think this conference is, they're going to have probably, they're going to have at least, they're going to have four teams in the top 10 after this week. And that's, 40% of the top 10 for a conference that is dying next year is very impressive. Good for the Pac-12, and this is still the conference to watch if you just want to watch good quarterback play. Obviously, this week when the slate is a little thicker, you might not watch this conference as much, even though they had a lot of the good games. But if you're looking for a very average slate and just want to throw a football game on a random Saturday this year, definitely watch the Pac-12 because you'll get the most entertaining uh, offensive play in this conference yeah and these these this conference is dominating the national media and they are dominating the national time slots they're getting a lot of the big games and they should because they're they're some of the best football teams in the country so shout out to the pac 12 because they're going out with a bang to say the least Cole. yeah yeah i think i'm i'm i feel more confident earlier in the year i said not saying just saying the pac 12 could have two teams in the playoff and i'm i'm still not it's not saying, but I am just saying 
I feel a little more confident about that take. I still don't think it's likely that it happens, but they are proving to me that they do have teams with of the caliber, more than one, more than two teams, at least three or four with the caliber that could make that happen. And this is just going to be a really fun to watch go down the stretch. And, and yeah, I think we learned a lot about teams uh, this week with all the, the amazing games that we were able to watch. I think this is this is the week I think we're able to really start forming opinions on the state of college football, on where the pecking order is of teams, um, and we learned an, a lot this week, and and I'm learning a lot about my preseason takes compared to where I think they're at now, and man, we are full steam ahead of college football right now, and it's today really solidified that, and it's you know the first weekend of fall. And it was could not have been kicked off any better. It was beautiful. That's a perfect way to end this podcast, Cole, because it was a great week of football. This is where you're starting to formalize your opinions. Like Cole said, you're we're in conference play. You're getting big games happening in conference. And then we had the big one, Ohio State, out of conference. And it's just it's just good for college football because we need games like this and we need to start formalizing opinions. Because this year, I would say it's almost as open as it's ever been going into week five of the college football slate and it's nice because Ohio State they get a much needed buy after a physical game against Notre Dame and you're going to start kind of seeing these teams go off for a week and so when we get to see them play big games on prime time it's nice to see but Cole it was a great week of college football it was ones as fans and as uh, podcasters we were very excited for and I hope everybody got to watch lots of college football uh, I'm done going to Michigan State games for a while. Uh, they have one game in October, one game in November. Very good chance I sell those tickets. So should be home every Saturday watching uh, great college football, and it'll be good because Cole's been helping me out a lot because he's been watching a little bit more football than I have. Not that I don't want to. It's just I've been at a game. It's a little harder to uh, watch both. But this will officially wrap up our week four recap episode. Uh, we will see you. Uh, later this week for our week five preview not as good as week four but there's some really sneaky games that we want everyone to pay attention to so down week from Cole and I on the a plus picks but we will bounce back next week and we will see you later this week on a degree in sports